All right, all right, all right, all right. It's the Who That Kids podcast. It's your boy RK. Soon to be joined by my boy JD, and we might have a special guest tonight to talk about where we at in the season with the Saints. You know, digest what happened, and you know, break down what happened last weekend. I'm sure people are still on edge and have some palpitations going in the chest after uh, that 65 yarder from Joey Sly happened to fall a couple revolutions short. Um. But yeah, we're going to get into it in just a moment, so stick with us, and we'll be right back. All right, all right, all right, we on the Who That Kiss podcast. It's your boy, R.K., rocking with... J.D. I sound like Matthew McConaughey there, I just realized with that, all right, all right, all right. I wasn't even, I was, I wasn't even going for it, I wasn't even going for it. Me and Matthew look nothing alike. Well, I, I guess we got the same eye color, right? <laughs> hey, I guess that's more like I look like Matthew, I guess. I look about as much like Matthew McConaughey as these Chicago Bears look like the 2011 New Orleans Saints. God, is this yeah. this offense is putrid. So you know what? We're not going to talk too much about the game um, at this moment, but let's just talk about the upcoming game because that's kind of what's going on in my head right now as I'm watching this. We play these Chicago Bears, and we're going to be playing in the cold. Um, a couple things. Nick Foles does not look good under any kind of pressure. In fact, he looks like he's scared to throw an interception, so he's kind of holding that ball. This could be the game where our defensive line gets right. Because, like, let's be honest. We had, I think, four extremely good opportunities to get sacks. Oh, wow, Chicago just scored on a fumble return. But I think it's going to get called back on a face mask. That's brutal. <laughs> um, we, we got to Teddy, and he slipped a couple. And we had guys being held. And, oh, no, it's, it's going to stand. Um, sorry, my attention. I'm like, a, I'm like a George W. Bush when he's doing the presidential release. <laughs> we, the American people. Oh, look at the kitty. <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly think this is our game where we kind of get right. Because that offense, it can't, it can't get any kind of semblance of a run game going against teams that give up yards in the run game. Right, David Montgomery is like a two yards every single play. You need two, he's going to get you two. You need 11, yeah. he's going to get you two. So we're going to be able to, I'm just going to say, we're going to be able to mitigate the run game that they try to throw out there. Obviously, now that I say that, our streak will get ended and David Montgomery will rush for 130 yards. But um, I feel like we're going to be able to, you know, kind of stop their run game and make them one-dimensional. And in that case... I'm I'm still saying to this point, David Onyemata has been our best defensive player from game one till now. So I'm feeling like this is the kind of game that David Onyemata could really shine. Because Davenport's getting more snaps every week. Trey Hendrickson didn't have a very good game, um, and we won the other day against Carolina. And Cam Cam looks better. Cam looks like he was getting after the quarterback, and he just got unlucky um, in, a, in a couple situations. So... It kind of left you wondering, like, is Cam turning the corner? Is he is he starting to be a little bit more healthy? Because he came off a of surgery this uh, this off season, right? Mm-hmm. He had the was an abductor. I, I don't recall. Yeah, I think I think I think it was like a like an ab. It was a muscle in the stomach, right? It was, it was something there. I believe. Yeah, I think something. Yeah, it might have been like in a, like it wasn't quite a hernia, but like something in that in that general region of like the hip area. Yeah, it wasn't a knee or anything. It was just like something no. where he just got to get himself back into popping people in the mouth. Was it the il- iliopsoas? <laughs> in his, back to anatomy terms over here. Yeah, his, his, uh, his duodenum. His duodenum. Yeah. So going to the Chicago game, my, my thoughts are this. I think the Saints' defensive line gets going, which makes our receivers, or sorry, our, our DBs, that's Freud, you see that? A Freudian slip. I already think the receiver's going to do well for Chicago. <laughs> um, it's going to make our, our our DBs play a little bit better because they're not going to have to cover for as long. Um, hopefully they don't get penalized. That was one thing that got cleaned up um, over the weekend was that we didn't have a lot of penalties in the back end. However, we had another broken coverage 
And that kind of scares me because Chicago does have a couple of burners. In fact, all three of their wide receivers that they start can run. Yeah. Mooney can run. Um, Miller can run. And Allen Robinson is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. So we really do have to get after the quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts going to the Chicago game? Uh, well, I think I'm going to put a number out there for over-under on rushing yards by David Montgomery. And I'll let you decide if you're going to go over to this number. Okay. Uh, 47 and a half yards is going to be the total. That's a good. That's a good number because if we have a lead and they have to give up on the run, he'll get yeah. some passes to the backfield, and if he's getting two yards a carry for call it fifteen carries, that's a good number. I don't think he's exceeding forty-seven and a half yards. I'm gonna take the under on that. And I'm gonna take. Doing, I'm gonna take the under as well. Yeah, and in doing in doing so, that's gonna like you said, make Nick Foles have to get rid of the ball at, at a reasonable rate, and. After watching, you know, the Rams do what they're doing to him today, I'm sure the same thing game plan the same way that they have. And our, our D-line, besides Aaron Donald being there, is arguably better than the Rams' D-line. Our linebackers are arguably better than the Rams' linebackers, and our secondary, on paper, should be better than the Rams' secondary. But Their DB coach I, I actually coaches football. The exact same thing that the Bears are doing to them uh, on Sunday. And the only thing I, I'm worried about is this. And after seven games of playing in a dome, we're finally heading outside to play on, on actual grass in a, in a pretty cold weather place. I'm not sure how cold it's going to be on the weekend yet, but if it's anything like it is in Winnipeg right now, like even close to it, like it's not comfortable to play football in this weather. So I know this Drew Brees outside is always, you know, sort of suspect in the public's eye. We've seen him have some tough games. Uh, in you know places like Green Bay and Chicago and, and and whatnot, so as long as we can you know keep the rhythm we had last game, wasn't it like sixty four percent of possession time was in our favor. That's the second and game in a row. Yeah, second game in a row yeah, we had the possession. So we're running the ball well. We're, we're showing that we you know can can possess the ball, take care of the ball, run the ball, and and do it well. And if we can go into Chicago and do the same thing and have the same type of game from Latavius as we had last year. But I throw in a healthy Evan Kamara, and hopefully, hopefully, we get at least Michael Thomas back. But I'm doubting that. Yeah, we're not going um, to see Mike. But we could see Emmanuel Sanders. He just won't be able to practice. Yeah. So, so, that's... so I think if we, if we can get all these things together, you know, and, and blueprint it the same as the Rams have done tonight, and then run the ball the way that we've been running the past two weeks, Hopefully we can get a bit more than a three-point win this time. Because if we run the ball that much and have the ball for that long in our possession, I'm not sure how we're only getting three-point victories after missed kicks are happening. 65 yards, no less. Well, or I can a tell you. Kick off, off the left upright by Michael Badgley, um, which effectively saved our season. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with there. But again, good teams get breaks. Um, there was a famous coach that says, uh, luck is when skill meets opportunity. And we put ourselves in good spots where we needed a little bit of luck, and we got some of that luck. Sometimes you don't get that luck. You know, the the Dallas Cowboys, I believe it was last year, they had, they, they had lost, what was it, eight games or seven games by, by three points or less? And then the regression was two years before that when they had a really good team. They had won, like, six games by three points or less. Like, it just, it flips, you know what I mean? Like, you get... You get some luck, you lose some luck. And unfortunately, we've had a lot of bad luck go against us in some of these games. You know, bad calls, bad situations. I'm not going to, you know, talk about the Rams or, you know, the Vikings or, you know, just, just refs in general in the Vikings game again. I'm not going to go through all this stuff because it's just going to make us disgusted and, and this podcast will take a really negative turn. But um, looking, at Wash, or looking at Chicago and what they have to think about coming into this game is... Uh, Jesus, Foles is just chucking it down the field. They're going to have to also think about how they're going to stop us. Um, I this, this game has a feeling to me like when we went into that Buffalo game a couple years ago. You know, everybody's like, oh, cold weather. Or when we went into Philly a couple years ago. You know? Or when we went into Seattle last year. And it's like outdoors. It's not, it's not what we want for weather. Right? That's not, our, that's not our forte. That's not what we play in. Not what we excel in. 
And yet our guys have come out and played excellent. Sean's got those guys ready. We played in Chicago last year as well when they were telling Tariq Cohen, you're too small to ride this ride, son, um, which was hilarious. And uh, I have a feeling, I have a really strong feeling that we're going to be just fine um, coming into this game with regards to dealing with the climate. Um, the guys are vets. They're going to be prepped. Uh, we need to have one of the three receivers that we have, though, healthy. So either Callaway, Michael Thomas, or Sanders needs to come back. I guess the rule with Sanders is that he's going to be playing um, on no practice if he does play. Uh, Elias is joining us. Chia, chia, chia. What's going on, Elias? Not only just be just on this podcast, you joining in with us. Everybody, this is Elias J. Williams. Say what's up, man. What's going on? People, how goes it today on this wonderful Easter, what is it, Monday? <laughs> Something like that. Wonderful Easter Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You got Justin and I talking about the upcoming Bears game. And uh, just thinking about, you know, the, the, the game has a feel like the game that we went into Buffalo a couple years ago or Chicago last year or Seattle. You know, like it has that feel where the Saints are going to be dealing with temperature and climate changes that aren't conducive to them usually playing really good football. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, The skinny is, the Coles notes, is that I think our defensive line is going to get right. I'm watching the Chicago game tonight, and I think our defensive line will have the opportunity to get right against this offensive line that Chicago's boasting because they can't protect Nick Foles. Um, They have no run game to talk about. They don't run the ball well. They don't block well. And at the end of the day, because of those two things, I think our guys are going to be able to get off to Nick Foles. Uh, he's not elusive, and he's been hitting the mouth a couple times today. And doesn't look like he wants to chuck up interceptions. So uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the Chicago game coming up? I do believe we can get after Nick Foles as long as we rush uh, more than three uh, <laughs> a number of times as Ben Salvin so likes to, to do at random times. So if we start dropping Chelsea Rankins or on Yamada or Cam Jordan or uh, Trey Hendrickson in coverage, we will have a harder time getting after a statue also known as Nick Foles. But, um, it's interesting, man. You see these teams, these games, and it looks like games that we should win. We should be confident, and then things are tight. Um, the Bears don't match up well against us. Uh, we match up much better against them if we can we can put points on the board. But the way the defense has been playing is shaky. Now, I do think that we can hold them in the running game. I like David Montgomery as the running back. But the one thing about Nick Foles um, is that he tends to make good decisions more often than not. He'll be be streaky as a quarterback, but then he'll make these really good decisions in the game that ultimately keep his team um, in it to win it. Um, I think right now they're facing the Rams, and the Rams have a very potent offense, and so once the Bears get behind, it's much tougher for them. But if our defense plays like they've been playing and allow the Bears to stay in the game, Foles will give them a chance. Yeah. Um, mm. So it's, it's really about um, the defense finding something that they can hang their hat on in the second year. And right now they don't have that. Um, yeah. And that's my biggest concern with this game. Can the can the secondary just get them on track at well, some point? Well, I, I've been, I went on Twitter and I said this, and Justin, I think you saw it. Um, I'm a recidivist in the sense of I've been defending Marcus Williams uh, basically to air now for the longest time because everybody's been telling me I'm wrong. Um, I guess I kind of put my foot in the ground because I'm stubborn and I didn't want to be wrong. But I think I'm wrong. And I think that's one of those moments where you have to be a man and you got to stand up and you got to say, all right, the egg's on my face. Uh, I, I, flipped, I flipped this one wrong. Uh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll tell you my biggest fail in sports analysis ever in my life. 
Dwayne Wade got drafted, and I said, this guy's going to be trash in the, NBA, in the NBA. I said those words. That is the stupidest thing I've ever said. That is the most off-beat comment ever. And I feel about as dumb as I did then by defending Marcus Williams because it's either he doesn't understand the, the scheme calls and, and what Dennis Allen's trying to do, or he's just bad. But either way, you can't play in the NFL if you don't understand and you don't study and you can't read. And you can't play, can't play if you have, don't have physical skills. So he's missing one of them. And it's every single week we have a breakdown where a guy's catching a ball that all three of us could catch. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, Justin, you, you've been telling me I'm wrong, so go ahead. Here's your day in the hay. Tell me all about Marcus Williams. All right, so first of all, you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, I, I think Marcus Williams, honestly... Like, he's been a part of this team for, this is going on his fourth year now. And he's, he's got the, the range to, to play safety in, a, and in the NFL at a high level. He just doesn't have that, like, I'm not sure what the word is, but that, that knack, if you can use that word even, to, to identify when to react and when not to react. But yesterday, Teddy looked him off with his eyes so hard that even I thought Teddy's eyes looked that way. Like the cartoon, and the eyes pop out. You know, and, like, Teddy looked him off to the sideline, and, and he, he bit that so hard. Even though Sean had a cover over there, he bit that so hard. And D.J. Moore is streaking on the field for 74 yards and a touchdown, which seems to happen every time we play Carolina once a year at least, <laughs> where D.J. Moore breaks off one on us. So it's not uncommon. But, but And I was thinking about Marcus Williams, too, and a lot of his interceptions that he has, if you look back, and I can't recall, you know, all of them, but the ones I do recall, Except for the one that he that he got on Tom Brady uh, in the in the week one there, a lot of his interceptions come at the end of the game when teams are throwing to get back in, and it's kind of like you know garbage time esque. And and he has like the you know forty five yard bomb in the air that hangs up there for six seconds too long, and he can get underneath it and catch it. I bet you three or four of his picks in his career are, are those, like the last play of the game type of interceptions. So his numbers look great on paper, but if you actually look into his you know, like the the impact time of his interception, or, or the impact of what the you know the play meant when he intercepted it. I feel like it wouldn't be that impressive anymore. And and of course he has the things that are always highlighted about him too, and we know which those things are. But um, like when you package all that up together, like this guy's not worth the six million dollars he's been paid at this point. And, and, and Sean Payton. Yeah, I was just gonna to say. Another question. Like. Oh, shout out John Sigler. If that doesn't light a fire underneath this guy's ass to come out and play better football, because he's just been called out by his coach, and everyone is right to Google. What's Marcus Williams' contract? Oh, $6 million. Okay, well, there we go. There's the answer for who he's talking about. Like, I don't know how he takes that. It's either going to, you know, spin him into a positive zone now, and he's going to try and get better to prove he he has earned that, or it's going to bring him down even further, and then he's going to lose, you know, a quarter mil per game from now on in his next contract. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But. Well, I have, I, have a, I have a statement on that, Justin, real quick. Um, a, John Sigler, shout out. That was the one of the funniest memes I've seen on Twitter in a minute with the little boggly eyes looking like, huh? <laughs> and my Marcus Williams contract. Um, number two, I'll tell you what it's going to do. Sean's at that point right now with him where he's saying, I don't care if I offend this guy or hurt his feelings anymore. We are so beyond that. If he doesn't perform at this point in time, tough love, you're out. I think that that's what that statement was. You know, and I've been a, I've been a, a proponent of the fact that Sean's not going to let another talented safety uh, leave the building like he did with Malcolm. But I, I think that that was Sean putting his foot in the ground saying, I'm done. I'm done with all this. You know what I mean? He's like, if, if you can't perform, see you later. Sayonara. Um, yeah. So... Here, here's the thing, Elias. You, you were talking about this, and you, you seem like you're a proponent for having Marcus Williams benched. Let's play in a hypothetical world here for both you guys. You guys can both answer this question. If we bench Marcus Williams, what does our secondary look? Because I know Sean's staying on the outside, and Jenkins is staying on the outside. Who goes nickel, and then who's playing back safety for you guys? It's either, it's either one or two scenarios. Um, either Malcolm kicks over the free 
and Chante Gardner takes over as strong, and then P.J. Williams takes over in the slot uh, between P.J. and uh, Patrick Robinson, man, the slot, depending on if you want to go big nickel or a regular nickel. Um, or you slide T.J. DJ over to free safety and let Malcolm stay in the box, um, and then you still have P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson manning the slot. Um, DJ Swearinger, I still see more of the dime back. Okay. Um, Whether it's dime safety, I see him in as more of a dime player. There's only two other guys that can really play free safety there. Um, and if, you know, Malcolm Malcolm played it on, like, early downs for the Eagles, um, downs where, you know, play action was a possibility, first and ten, um, maybe second and, like, four, you would see him in those scenarios because he seemed like one of the smartest safeties that, you know, would still be in the correct position. Should play action happen, he wouldn't get sucked up. He'd still be on the ball now. The thing with Malcolm is, does he have the range to do that anymore? And the answer is probably going to be between meh and no. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for range, it's probably going to be CJDJ. If you're just looking for someone to just pin and fight dog on spot and give up nothing easy, then it's going to be Michael Jenkins. Okay. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that for sure. I uh, The safety position definitely is worse than because of, of you know what's happening with getting beat deep all the time and then Sean not playing up to the level that we think he can play to. So, um, he was good this game. Find We've got to find an answer there somewhere, and it's got to be, like, now, like, next week. Like, we can't wait any longer because the longer we wait and our corners are, you know, not getting that help that they think they have in the back end, like, that's going to affect our confidence going forward, too. So I, I think um, we've got to find a combination that works, and it's going to be a lot of tinkering this week to see what's going to happen. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the, the Bears have speed on their receiving core, too, so they're going to try and test the speed like DJ Moore did. And, and, and other, and even like the, was it Geisen who scored against us uh, on the Chargers? Like that big 54. Yeah, that was, that, again, that was a breakdown. That it's, was a blown coverage. Yeah, bad, so I'm but, not, I, but, like. So, like the, the guys, the guys have seen this on film. Like, and, and when you see it on film, and you see it over and over and over, and if you're on Twitter, you see it on over and over and over and highlights and over and over and over, it's, it's going to affect your mentality at some point. Um, so whether or not they just overthink it and they don't want to be that guy getting burnt that week. So then they start to you know, overplay situations or overthink them in some cases, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got um, you know Mooney from Tulane hitting the deep one on you next weekend. Yeah. And and you don't want that because if it happens three weeks in a row, all of a sudden, you know, it's now a trend. Yeah. Well, the, problem, the, trend. the Bears might be without Allen Robinson. Uh, he caught a pass about three minutes ago and hasn't been back in the game. Uh, I don't see him yeah. out there, so uh, he he's banged up. Um, so, and Eddie Jackson too is hurt, right? Uh, Eddie Jackson scored a touchdown tonight, so. Oh. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, we we could probably sit here and break this game down for a long period of time on what ifs and how we think it's gonna go out. I I think at the end of the day, I think Latavius Murray is gonna have a big workload. I think we're gonna see Hurst work back into the into the fold of what's going on because Armstead's hurt, right? Like Armstead's not not healthy, so he might not play. You know, his regular one or two games that he misses in a season, uh, he might be out dropping a rap album, uh, doing something on his spare time here because he won't be playing in the game. Um, but uh, it, I think we're going to have to see a bounce-back game from a, from a guy like C.D. Deuce. And I think just talk, talking about players' motivation, this will be the one game where Marcus Williams, if he's not motivated and doesn't come correct and prepared and, you know, just plays free, then I think this might be done. Just like he might, he literally, we might see a situation where Sean does bench a guy, and Sean Payton will bench a guy. Like we all, we have all seen it. So um, that's a possibility. But I'm looking at the schedule, okay? And so you guys have to think about this because I've been thinking about it all day. We got at the Bears, at the Bucks with Antonio Brown, and they're rolling right now. Like I was always a guy saying, I don't think the Bucks are going to finish second. They're they're winning some games. I didn't think they were going to win. And they're winning them handily. So at the Bears, at the Bucks, home against the Niners, even though they're banged up, they're playing good football. 
And then we were home against the Falcons, uh, which is always a tough game no matter what the situation. doesn't matter how bad they are. Um, they're a tough game for us. I think we have to go minimum 2-2 two and two in that stretch to kind of keep up with Tampa Bay. And to be honest with you, I think we have to go 3-1 and one to kind of put our foot on their throat. And that's a win versus Tampa Bay and winning two out of the other three to kind of cement ourselves as they're chasing us and not the other way around. Uh, how do you guys think that we do in those in those four games? I think we have to, at minimum, go three and one. If we go two and two, we're looking at a definite wild card spot. I think because we'll be six and four then. Tampa, are they on a bye this week coming up? Or they, they have, uh, I'm going to look right now. I don't now. know the schedule. I'm going to look right now. But, but they're five and two right now. So if they happen to, you know, take beat us, in Tampa on Sunday Night Football where I think Tom Brady beating Tom Brady twice in a year is tough so I, I don't care what team he's on or whose who's roster is just that guy alone will not take two losses to the same team in the same year well they got a tough schedule um, I got their schedule here you want to hear it yeah who's, who's next for them well they have a bye because they're playing at the Giants <laughs> oh yeah so they got they got a win there then they got us then they got at Panthers which is going to be a tough game I think that that's the game for second place uh, in the division if Tampa loses to us. So if Tampa loses to us, that Panthers game is huge for them. Um, that's rivaling for the second place spot. And then they got home against the Rams, home against the Chiefs, home against the Vikings, at Falcons, at Lions. So I count at yeah. least four wins for them in their next six. And, and you know what's kind of good too is we're getting the Bears off Monday Night Football and then we get the Bucks off Monday Night Football as well. So that's kind of a nice little schedule set up for us. Um, I know it's not a big difference today, but in terms of practice schedules and routine for these guys, it's, it's, it's pretty huge. And we saw what happened to Tom Brady on a, on a short week last uh, time in Chicago. These same Bears beat him there. Um, so that's maybe a little bit of a, of a glimmer of hope for us in terms of that. But I think if, if we win the next four, and the next four are winnable, I think we can beat Tampa again, even though it might be challenging. But if we do win the next four, we're 8-2. and two, And I think we are who everybody thought we might be this year. If we, it's not like Dennis Green, if we go uh, two and two, and now we're six and four, then I think we're, we're going to be fighting for that, you know, sixth or seventh wild card spot at that point. Yeah. Elias, what do you think? Honestly, I, I like us as a routine. I would, sign, I would be fine with us having to take a wild card spot, especially with the circumstances that we have, because you don't know what the dome is going to look like fans-wise. This team seems to just screw their head on a little bit tighter on away games for the last couple of years. But I, I think I think three and one, I'm just not sure which is the one game. Like, we've been known to drop a game to the Falcons, Falcons randomly. And I never liked the matchup between Dennis Allen and Shanahan. Yeah. I hate that matchup. Yeah, me too. Shanahan works Dennis Allen. He completely works him over. And so it's like one of those two games. Because I think we can beat the Buccaneers again. Um, I know we can beat the Bears. Um, but it's, I can see through one. I still see this as a 12 and 4, 10 and 16. 12 and 4 at the most. 10 and 6 has always been about, you know, where I've been at on them. Okay. Um, November football tends to be pretty solid for Peyton, so I, I can see three and one there. That's fair. Um, so let's talk about the state of the NFC South right now. Uh, my opinion is I think we are playing the second best football in the division, and I'll say that based on this. We're winning games by the skin of our teeth. Right? Like we are winning games by a missed sixty five yard field goal by six inches. Um, that's the kind of games that we're winning. And I told Justin earlier, you know, John Wooden said, luck is when skill meets opportunity. We're putting ourselves in good spots where we need a little bit of luck and we're getting it. Also, there's some calls going against us and it just seems every week we have to talk about the possible conspiracy theory in the sense of that Marquez Callaway touchdown getting taken away. Traquan Smith avoids the guy completely, throws his hands up like, I didn't touch him. And the DB stops running, and they throw a flag. So whether they have to either get the eye in the sky to you know radio down to these referees, like, hey, pick that flag up. 
you're going to be unhappy with that call later on when you see it. And give a guy the chance to like huddle up with the other officials and say, you know, we made a bad call. There's no flag on the penalty or there's no flag on the field for offensive PI, touchdown stands. That happens all the time with other teams. Like, I think that that's the situation we have to kind of fight through. Um, so it's annoying and it makes these games tighter. I do think Tampa Bay right now is playing the best football and it's not because of their offensive unit. For a hundred for $100, you guys, can you tell me who Tampa Bay's leading receiver is right now? It's Scotty Miller. He's leading that team. So Scotty Miller is leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in receiving. Leonard Fournette played 45% of the snaps at running back after Ronald Jones went off for a buck 50 the day before because Bruce Arians is in love with a fantasy football team that would have been good eight years ago. Um, and, and we're just at this point right now with them. But their defense, those guys are rocking. And I'm telling you right now, if I got any fear about Tampa Bay, it's not because of Tom Brady. It's not because of Gronk. It's not because of their receivers, AB, and all this other junk. It's because of Devin White and Levante David. Those two guys right now, are they, are they the best two linebackers on one team in the NFL right now? Like, you, you, I'd love to hear another two. You want to say Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith? And then, and then you add the secondary. They got Jamel Dean, who's the number one rated PFF DB in the NFL. And I know I'm not going to go on PFF for everything I believe in, but I also watch the games. And he is playing some football. Like, he just seems like he gets a hand on every thir- third ball that comes his way. Um, uh, Winfield, playing well. You know, Carlton, he's playing well. Like, it just they, it seems like their defense is rocking. And they're playing fast. Uh, you can't run against them. So, if I'm worried about anything with regards to Tampa, it's that. But again, Drew being Drew, he's so damn smart. I have a feeling like he could maneuver and mani- manipulate um, for us for us to have an opportunity to win that game in Tampa. Um, so, I got Tampa number one uh, for the way that they're playing on defense. Us at number two, Carolina number three, and Atlanta at number five. Uh, what do you guys got? Well, if we, I'll put anybody else. I'll put a team in the NFC East ahead of Atlanta. They are trash. They're trash. Oh, I, I, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. And it's because the offense for the Bucks is catching their rhythm. Um, and Todd Bowles has got their defense, which isn't as talented thoroughly as I, especially on the defensive line. Um, we have four more talent on the defensive line mm-hmm. than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's more or less when you talk pedigree, first round, second round picks, third round picks. I mean, the, the, the pedigree slash talent on the defense side of the ball for the Saints is, you know, up there in the league, up echelon. Um, and yet, for whatever reason, whether you want to say it's coaches, whether you want to see say it's players, they are not playing like the unit that they're capable um, of playing like. And so right now, Bucks, I would say, are the number one team. Um, and then us two have this three and then yeah, Falcon is eighth. having a Hall of Famer on our team. Hmm? It helps having a Hall of Famer quarterback to get us through those situations. 
I mean, it helped having a rookie head coach going for a field goal instead of going for it. That helped more than anything. Which is such a bad call because our secondary just loves penalties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, arguably that's a that's a head coach mistake. Um, if it wasn't for Marcus Davenport, if it wasn't for um, you know a, a timely sack, I mean, I was I was loving that time too, right? Like it brought them way out of range. Yeah. Like, if it was a 10-yard sack, that, that kick is good. We're going to overtime probably or marching for our own field goal, which I I would have faith in. Um, but, but when you think about even the Chargers game, like, that Badgley missed that kick to win. Like, when, if we if he hits that, we're, we're you know, 3-3 three and three going to Chicago, not feeling that good about ourselves. Like, you're, you're right that, that those those opportunities that, that are met with luck have given us a chance to have success, which is amazing. But it only goes your way so many times throughout the season. So I, I don't know if we can mm-hmm. continue having these things happen for us as the season gets, you know, deeper on and more meaningful as games, you know, progress too. Um, and I, I hope we can save some of this luck as well because well, we, we wouldn't. We, we could potentially be two and four, and even Detroit going up fourteen nothing on us real quick, like. And they almost made a comeback at the end too. Like they were close to, you know, climb back in there. And if they had scored with a six-point lead, only we would have lost that game. Like there's so many things that are happening here. That, yeah, but the, but the thing be. is, the thing is, the offense is carrying us, right, Justin? Right, yeah. Elias. The offense is carrying us right now, which is a good thing. So we're watching five thousand and sixty-four-year-old Drew Brees with no arm, apparently. For all those arm truthers, he can't throw the ball deep. Yeah, he's throwing 41 touch, 41 yard touchdowns to Jared Cook. Yeah, so I, I'm done listening to those people. We got 5,064 year old Drew Brees, and yet we're still putting up 30 plus points a game. We're the number four offense in the NFL right now, and we're not even clicking. Like Michael Thomas has three catches, and we are going into our seventh game, and we're four and two. I want to say that again. Michael Thomas has three catches. Three. As much as Nick Klucka for you guys, if he, <laughs> as you guys want to talk about that man over there. Michael Thomas has two more catches than him, okay? And we're 4-2 and we're going into our seventh game. So as much as I want to be worried about, you know, all the things going on, we're, uh, we're only going to get better on offense, you know what I mean? So we're not going to have to rely on luck because we're going to be able to put some points on the board when, when we have a full arsenal of weapons. And that is going to happen. You know, I, and yet I feel like we're running out of we're running out of continue. We're, we're running out of extra lives here <laughs> because the offense has been giving this defense lead. Because let's be honest, this is not we're here for a championship. Saints is we're here to get through a championship. This year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? We're not playing championship defense. Mm-mm. We're not. So even though we might get the 10 wins, we might get the 11 wins, we'll make the playoffs, we're not playing playoff caliber defense to go far in the playoffs. And that's the big issue because it does, right now it doesn't matter to me how many points the Saints are putting up. This defense was supposed to be a defense that played much better with the lead. And they're not playing well with leads at all. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you have Michael Thomas coming back. You have Emmanuel Sanders. You still haven't even worked in uh, Adam Troutman yet. Uh, you got several pieces that aren't really running on full cylinders. And yet, if this defense cannot find a signature in the secondary, because this is a passing lead. You have to have something that you do well in the secondary. What? We don't intercept passes. We don't force fumbles. We don't get deflections. Yeah, I miss We don't win on third down. We, we do nothing well in the secondary right now. Well, I have a question for you about that. Except tackle, yeah, well, we took that looks bad. We have, we're not that bad at tackling, but... Can you remember one time this year when we had a 14-point lead? Can you recall at any point in time? This is a real question. I don't know the answer to it, but I'm, 
I'm trying to think. I don't think we've had a 14-point lead. I think we've had a 10-point lead, and I think it was early. Have we had a 14-point lead this year? Better yet, have we had a two-score lead? Have we had a two-score lead past the halfway of the third quarter in, in any part of, the, part of the season yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, so here's, here's, my, here's my, my, my counter to what you're saying, Elias. 35 14 at Detroit. We're up by 21. Oh, okay. So that would be. Which, uh, 14, we got back up 21. Was Marshawn playing that game or was he out with the hammy? That was when our entire secondary was out. Janoris was out, Marshawn was out. Yeah. We started yeah. Patrick Robbins and PJ. So I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying, and Ken Crawley got on the field for like six snaps. So we haven't had an opportunity for these guys to play football where they're comfortable. Everything has been in tight situations where they know they're under a spotlight. They're, they're under so much fire because, because they know what the expectations were and they all know that they're not meeting expectations. It's hard to perform. Like Performance anxiety is a real thing. You talk to a sports psychologist and they'll show you athletes that they, they don't deal with anxiety that way. You know what I mean? Like they're actually just—they're just really good with not dealing with anxiety, and they perform in these top moments. A guy like Dame Lillard, you know what I mean? Like I look at him—I don't really think he suffers from any kind of performance anxiety. He's a pretty cool customer. Steph Curry, same thing. You look at golfers—you know—you know, making a putt from 15 feet to win—you know, 1.5 million dollars and win a major. Whereas other guys, Dustin Johnson, they're missing three-foot putts twice. And they lose a major. So I'm thinking like certain people react to these pressures and this performance anxiety that's, that, that's presented. And that's why you see a lot of guys, you know, at the very last second not locating the ball and throwing their body into the receiver or, you know, reaching on and grabbing the receiver because they're so scared to make a mistake. And I think that's what we have right now in our secondary. Everybody's trying to be perfect and they're trying, they're, they feel like they're under so much um, scrutiny that they actually fulfill the prophecy, the self-fulfilling prophecy of, I'm going to mess this up. That's what I think we're seeing with our guys. If you want to break it down to like a, a mental aspect of it versus the physical. And if you guys disagree with what I'm saying? But, but at, at some point though, like when it's the same, you know, the same player making the same mistakes or it happens to two guys and now, you know, now it's a coincidence and it happens to a third guy and now it's, now it's a coaching standpoint. Like Aaron Glenn or Dennis Allen or one of those, a combination of those two guys, they've got to get these guys, you know, get their eyes, you know, situated on the football properly and, and count in their head timing of, you know, okay, the play, this guy's still running, he's going faster. I see his head looking up, I got to turn my eyes now around too. Like there's got to be something, some training that you can do to, to, um, to fix that problem that seems to be a consistent problem across the secondary. Because it, it can't just be, you know, the same thing happening to multiple guys. If it's the same thing happening to the same person, then it's and it's a it's a he thing. If it's happening to more people, then it's a team thing, right? So I don't know. They, they, they've got to figure this out. Uh, and before we get, you know, the Tyree kills into the Superdome. Oh, he's gonna. Or like the he's gonna. Or the Justin <laughs> Jefferson into the Superdome, who, who he looks incredible at his, at his you know, his age too. So like. Guys are going to come in and be burners against our secondary. Like we've got to fix that now before December, because in December, when we're jockeying for position in the playoffs, um, you, you got to make those plays, you know, a positive for us, not a, not a negative. So, so you're, you're talking about December. And you're talking about all these things. For you guys, who scares you in the NFC? We're talking about Super Bowl as, uh, like aspirations. Who scares you in the NFC? Packers scare you? Um, the Packers, the Rams, the Rams kind of scare me. Yeah, they, for me... The Packers have a, a very good secondary, and I've been saying this since last year that Aaron Rodgers was going to look better in that second, in that Matt LaFleur offense. I knew it. Based on knowing that the Shanahan-based system and knowing what Matt Ryan did his second year under Shanahan, first year with Sandy on the Shannon hand, Ryan had his best career year, period. 
always takes at least two years in that system. It just does. Yeah. Rodgers is playing really good ball, and they have a secondary back in play. They have talent in the secondary, um, which means that they can match up with us receiver-wise. Um, and they can put a whipping on them, and mm-hmm. they can score points, and they can go deep. And until the defense shows that they can stop anybody that plays the deep ball, Packers are scared. I'm not worried about the Packers because I think I think they're I, I think their offensive lines a sieve. That's what I'm scared of. Justin and I were texting back. Yeah, we're we're texting back and forth last night. Justin, I'll let you talk about this because yeah, the Seahawks yeah, are. So we're just saying how I, I don't even want to ever see with this the way that our secondary looks right now. I don't want to see Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf um, because those two guys are just obliterate whatever we had going on back there. Unless it's corrected quickly. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anyone that can, can guard either of those guys on our team at this point and do it well. Um, but that's not, not to say that, you know, um, their, their rhythm will, will stay intact all season long, too. Like, I know they got off to a hot start, but their defense in Seattle is so bad, too, that they're kind of forced to throw the ball all the time. So obviously those numbers look inflated a little bit, but the connection that, that Russ has with Tyler Lockett is incredible. Um, Seattle's a scary team, but I think if, if we were to play them, the, the score would be 41-38, and I just don't know who would be, who would be in favor of winning that game. Uh, I just don't want to play a mobile quarterback, um, which kind of goes back to what you're saying, Elias, of Green Bay, because Aaron Rodgers is mobile. People don't realize that. Um, he can move around. I want to play Tom Brady in the NFC Championship because I feel like we could get after him. He's a guy that stays in the pocket, gets licked in the mouth. Uh, that sounded awful, man. <laughs> uh, Nick Foles. Licked in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna control, control, alt, delete. Um, that's hashtag. Yeah, made a mess up. Um, I'd love to see Matt Ryan, but they'd have to, you know, have another three seasons to get to ten wins. And that's not going to happen. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be a situation, I think, going through the NFC where we're going to have to see what style of quarterback we're going to see. And that's going to dictate my level of confidence for us in the Super Bowl run. Because in a do-or-die game, if we're not at home and we're playing Seattle, I'm sorry, gentlemen, I'm a betting man. I, I As much as I love the Saints, Russell Wilson... Um, on the road against us in a do-or-die game with those receivers. I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to see how we win that game. You know what I mean? That would be a tough uh, one. How, how, would you, how would you rank your top five NFC teams right now? Uh, even though they lost last like, night? Like not even looking at like the standings, just like based on skill, roster, or like, you know, playoff experience. Like, how would you rank? Uh, even though they lost guess, last night? I guess fear, fear as well. Like, who, who are you most afraid of? Uh, even though they lost last night, I still have Seattle one. Um, I got Tampa Bay two. I got Green Bay three. I got us four. And then I I guess I have the Rams five. You know I I want I'm I'm tempted to put Arizona up there, but Arizona is kind of Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and San Francisco is just too banged up. They lost Debo again for another three weeks, and they're on to their fifth string running back. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That's that's a real number yeah. so um yeah that that's how i feel about that hold on a second we just lost elias so yeah so i think that that's a situation where we're gonna have to go into that thinking to ourselves you know what i mean like green bay's tough seattle's tough tampa's tough then there's us, and then the Rams, and then there's like a bunch of you know meddling teams that are don't have enough talent to really battle with us, anyways. So uh, what what are your what are your top five in the NFC? Um, I think Packers, 
NFC West. <laughs> and then the NFC West. Yeah. Like, legit. Yeah, like, um, four and three is fourth place in that division. The da- like, I don't know, man. The dangerous thing is, I, like I said, I, I, this defense just kills me, man. Like, think about this. The 2009 Super Bowl team didn't have a great pass rush, but they got their hands on a lot of balls, right? 6% right now. That's what teams are scoring on us. <laughs> My man enunciated it. He said suck. of shit, unfortunately. Yeah, like, it's, so you, don't, you don't know where to pinpoint it at. Like, for Sean Payton have to make a joke, you know, at sad time that, hey, maybe we'll, maybe, the hope is we'll see our punter, or see, or actually see the other team's punter at some point in time. And then you've got the $9 million joke. Like, he is having to lay into the secondary, like, we didn't think would have to happen this year. But you know what? And a lot that's of, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, a lot of that blame can be on Marshawn Lattimore's, on Marshawn Lattimore's shoulders because had he been able to make a couple plays, a couple knockdowns, a pick here or there, like he's been in position to make plays. I can, I can remember in the, in the Green Bay game, the Lazard play. You know what I mean? If he makes that play... We're in that game, you know what I mean? Like, we have an opportunity to win that game, and, and we're not worrying about all these problems and all these busts and coverage unless they were going to happen after the fact anyway. But that, that DB room might have a little bit of confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, Marshawn Lattimore has to shoulder a lot of the blame for that entire DB room right now because he's not performing at the level that they're expecting him to perform. The way that they designate player designation on that team and, and responsibilities is based on the fact that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be able to lock down his side. You know what I mean? And that just hasn't been the case. So a lot of these busts that we're seeing, Dennis Allen's like, okay, Marshawn, can you cover this receiver? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, no, you can't. And that's the problem. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what we do. Um, we're running a little bit out of time here. So yeah, I... I, I, I one quick thing I'm looking yeah. at here, too, is before we kind of, you know, filter off here, is like look at the playoff picture right now. And I know there's, you know, inequity in the game's play because of bye weeks such, but right now, as it stands, you know, Green Bay is the one seed, and then Wild Card Weekend is going to be the Rams at the Seahawks, Cardinals at the Bucks, and the Bears.
alarming. Like you, we, we're on the outside looking in right now. We're already halfway through the year almost. Yeah, um, but that's that's so that, that'll now, change. This, this, this just presents a bit of urgency for the Saints. So they look at this and say to themselves, "We're not a playoff team right now. At this date moment and this, you know, on this day, we're not in the playoffs." And then a lot can change. A lot's going to change. Um, primarily, the bye weeks will kick in, but like. You have to have the mentality where you you ain't shit yet. Like you're not in the playoffs yet. Like nothing is going your way this year because you're not in the playoff picture at this moment. And if you want to be a playoff team and be a good playoff team, you've got to be in the picture all year long. Like it has to be. You're, you, we're on the cusp. We're on the outside. We're the next team in. But also, the the teams below us. Like these are all all like terrible teams that you would never want to to cheer for, root for, or or bet on. Like. Below us is Detroit, Carolina, Washington, Dallas, Minnesota, New York, Atlanta. Like we're we're not that far ahead of those guys. Like we're we're, we're not. We're well, not right yeah. Like ease up on the not too far ahead. We're we're much far. Like like I'm not I'm not, I'm not I, I get it I get it I get it. But you have to realize we got three playoff games in a row coming up. Essentially, right? We got the game against the Bears has playoff implications. We have the game against Tampa Bay playoff implications. And then we play the San Francisco 49ers, which is a revenge game and has playoff implications if they ha- happen to you know win a couple games in the NFC West. Okay. But, but this is a nice little test run. This, this, this is a nice little test run. You've yeah. got a gauntlet of three potential playoff-worthy games, right? You need to win. You need to hit those three, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We just had a discussion how deep does this team go in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Can they get there? I do believe they can get there. So this is a good test run to see, hey, what are we made of? This is like pre-playoffs. What are we made of? So you're saying test run. So if, we can, yes. if, if we only go two and two, I mean, hey, that's not a good look. Two nope. Two is not a good look in November. Mm-mm. you got to go at least three and one. Mm-hmm. I can understand dropping it. One of those games, at least three and one, but two and two is not a good look in November. Yeah, I if agree. If we go two and two, I'd have to see some extreme improvements on the defensive side of the ball. Two, if we went two and two, the 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 backside of that or the redeeming quality in that would have to be two very good defensive games and maybe we drop something offensively. The offense couldn't get going. Like there would have to be some type of silver lining involving the defense if we went two and two for me to still feel good. Can't agree more. Um, and, and I guess one thing with that, if, if we do go two and two in the next four, it's Atlanta being one of them. In the four, like the, the following three after the Atlanta game, it, it's our three-game road trip. It's that yeah, no, we're we're, we're gonna win. We're gonna go three and one in that four. That's I, I w- I'd put money on that. We go three and one in that in that four. I feel very confident yeah. about that. Yeah, so I do. Atlanta, Atlanta, Denver, Philly, Atlanta. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We're beating Philly. We're beating Atlanta, and we're beating Denver. Those those are three. I don't. I'm not interested in even entertaining that yet, but I would bet on that very heavily that we're going to win all three of those games. So we let's are. Let's say let's say, let's say we go two and one. Chicago, Tampa, San Fran. We go two and one. We and then we would win the next. I think we could win those next four. Yeah. As arguments, so then that's six and one over the next seven. So then we're now ten and ten and, ten three. and three. Yeah. With, with KC, Minnesota, Carolina to finish. We fin- we finished two and one in those last three. So we we yeah we finished twelve and four. Um, we are running out of time, though. Um, we do have to kind of close this off. I am I'm very, very interested in under 30 seconds each of you. Tell me what's going to happen, what's your score, and who's your MVP of the game. Elias, you go first. Mm-hmm. Score is going to be exhausting. The Bears scoring more than 24 points. So I'm going to take 17 to 28. Okay. MVP? Okay, okay, that's my fantasy team. I'm happy about that. Justin, what you got? I think it's going to be along the lines of like a 31, like 19 type game. I think they might get a couple of like four field goals or something just because they'll, they'll march the ball on some deep shots and DPIs and then they'll, they won't get in the end zone. Our, end zone, our red zone defense will, will somehow step up. Who's your MVP? Kind of offense and, and look competent for once. I think they'll hold them to three a couple times and then uh, MVP of the game. Okay. Just because last year's showing uh, is going to get him 
wicked. Um, I'll be very, very succinct. I got us 30-10. to 10. I have Deontay Harris with two touchdowns and 165 yards receiving in this game. He's going to break two big ones, a little bit of yak, and, uh, and I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot from him. I was a big proponent of him doing well this year as a receiver because I watched those videos of him in the summer, and I thought he was great. So, um, yeah, boys, uh, we I got to get off this right now. I, I could stay on here all night with y'all, but I got to get off this. So I want to say thank you, Elias, for jumping in. Always, my friend. Always, always, always. You got to send us some of that death shot. And JD, who that? Who that, buddy?